0: Hey, and welcome to the Free Chapel Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Jensen Franklin. If you have your Bibles, look with me in the book of Genesis, chapter 15. If you're new here, I preach 30 minutes. That's how long I preach. They start the clock as soon as I start reading the Bible. And that's why I'm just taking my time and just lingering here just a minute. But, uh, but uh, at 30 minutes, somebody will come out on the keyboard, and that's my key to wrap it up, preacher. So I don't need you to look at your clock the whole time I'm preaching. God's going to speak to you. Get your ears unplugged. He's got a word for you today. Genesis chapter 15. Everybody smile under your mask real big right now. And I want you to see this amazing verse. In verse 13, it's a prophecy. Then he said to Abram, or Abraham, know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not theirs. And they will serve them, and they will afflict them for 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge. And after this, or afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. They're gonna go through something. Something's going to happen. And after this, they'll come out with great possessions. And then I want you to go over to the New Testament, just a couple of verses in Acts chapter one. I'll go straight down to verse three. To whom he presented himself alive after. There it is again, after this. He presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them During the 40 days, speaking of the times pertaining to the kingdom of God. I want to talk to you about this text in the book of Acts, and this story in the Old Testament, because it speaks to our lives today. I want to preach about it's time to show yourself alive. It's time to show yourself alive. Jesus, after he was crucified, showed himself to be alive again. In Genesis 15, we see the pattern from the Word of God. Patterns in the Word of God help us understand the ways of God. If you wanna understand the way God's moving today, go back and look at the patterns in the scripture. God never changes. And the Bible said the things that were written before time were written for our learning. The Word of God shows us the pattern of the way of God. In other words, if you want to know how God's going to do now, go back and look at what he did in the past. Well, here's what he did. He told Abram in Genesis 15 or Abraham, he said, I want to give you a heads up. He said, Your seed, before Joseph, his seed, ever went down to Egypt, he said, Your seed is gonna end up in Egypt in bondage, serving another people. And he said, They'll stay there exactly 400 years. And at the end of 400 years, they're coming out, and they're coming out with great possessions. They're not coming out like they came, like they went in. They're coming out, and I'm gonna load them down with all that I have for them because I've got a plan and it's on a time schedule. In other words, God said the time is already set, that before you get into it and before your seed goes into it, I've already set a time when they're coming out. I want you to understand, God said, that I put a limit on trouble. I have already determined how far trouble will go in your life and it will not go a day or a moment longer than what i said and if there was a beginning there's always an end the bible said in the book of job and he ought to know he went through it he sets an end to the darkness he said it has a beginning point and it has an ending point god said to daniel if you want to see a pattern of what god's going to do In our lives, look at the pattern of Abraham. Look at the pattern of Daniel. He said, Daniel, I tell you by prophecy that the people will be taken, the people of God will be taken into captivity in Babylon. And there they'll serve King Nebuchadnezzar. But after 70 years, they're coming up and they're coming out, and they're coming back stronger than they've ever been to dwell in this land. I'm going to bless them 70 years, and then you're coming out. God sets the limitations, not the world. God sets the limitations, not COVID, not The president, not the United States or the United Nations or the World Health Organization. God sets the limits and God says there is a time when we as a nation and we as a world are going to come out of these dark days and come out of this mess. And I've already set the day when it's coming and all you got to do is look at the patterns and know that there's coming a day, and your job is when you start seeing it happen, start showing yourself alive. Jesus said, destroy this temple, and they thought that he was talking about Herod's temple, but he was talking about his body because he knew was about to go to the cross, and he said, destroy this temple, and in three days, there it is again, there's a beginning It's going to be a rough little period here. I'm about to go through the crucifixion, nail my hands to the cross, beat my back with the whip, put the crown of thorns on my head. It's going to look bad. It's going to look like I'm battered and I'm beaten and I'm defeated. They're going to put grave clothes on me and they're going to seal my tomb. But three days destroy this temple and in three days I will rise again. That's the pattern. That's the pattern. Poor old Job. He thought it was the end. He didn't have the advantage of reading the scripture but God said devil I found me somebody down there that would trust me not just in the high times and Satan said read it. This is all in the Bible. A conversation between Satan and God and Satan said you know he's only serving you because you blessed him. He's only serving you because you've got him protected and his family so blessed. Those beautiful daughters and all the good things that are happening in his life but you just let me touch him you let me touch his health you let me touch his wealth you let me touch his little world you let me mess his family up you let me mess with his marriage you let me rip him to pieces you let me hit him not one time but I want to hit him again and again and it kind of sounds like 2020 kind of sounds like this year I'm just gonna hit you again and hit you again and hit you let me have my way with him and God said you can do whatever you want to him I love this but God here's the limit again God God says you do whatever you want to do to him but don't you destroy him I do not give you permission to destroy him because when I get through with him after you've had your moment in your day I'm gonna raise him up and d- but what did God do he blessed Job double what he had before your job is to stay alive and show yourself alive and not give up and not quit everybody give the Lord a praise break right where you are right now. God sets limits on our trouble. God sets expiration dates on our grief and our sorrow and our pain and our what we'd call bad luck and bad spell and bad season. God says, I'm even working in that and I'm thinking ahead. I'm not through blessing you. I'm not through raising you. I'm not through. I'm not through. God sets time limits. He set an expiration date when it's all going to be over. And our job is to make it to the expiration date. There's an end to all of this. Do you believe what I'm preaching? There's an end. These are kind of gloomy days and kind of, I'm so sick of wearing masks. I'm so sick of trying to stop the curve and and kill the virus and all of that but these days are coming to an end we're about to see a breakthrough and we don't need to lose heart now we need to show ourselves alive we need to get back in church and show ourselves alive we need to get back in his word and show ourselves alive jesus made it clear he said i'm going to suffer i'm going to die i'm going to be buried And then I'm going to show myself alive. Luke 22 and verse 53, he said to Satan, this is your hour. He said, all right, I've lived for 33 years and they wanted to stone me, but their stones couldn't hit me. They wanted to kill me and they couldn't kill me. And Jesus went through cities where people hated him and people tried to kill him and people tried to stone him and nothing touched him. But then he got to this point in Luke 23 when he said, this is your hour, devil. Hit me with whatever you've got. I'm giving you permission and you can hit me and beat me and torture me and nail me to the cross and have your people spit on me and lie on me and falsely accuse me. This is your hour. I don't know what you thought you signed up for when you got saved, but I promise you, There will come those little hours in your marriage, in your life, in your family, where you got question marks for brains and you don't understand, but I've told you before, all a question mark is an an exclamation mark with a curve in it. Straighten it back out and say, God is still good, even when I don't understand, even when I don't know what's going on, when I feel God forsaken. Jesus was led to the wilderness for 40 days. It's got a time frame and for 40 days, three different occasions, Satan himself came to Jesus and hit him and hit him and hit him. When you understand that and you understand that, that it's not what you're going through. It's what you're going to come out of it with that you need to, to focus on. Jesus went through the attacks. But Calvary was a different experience. Every other experience he went through, it was just attacks and it really didn't affect him. But Calvary scarred him. Calvary marred him. Calvary would make a memory that would never be the same again. And I believe that it's impossible to go through 2020 and not be scarred emotionally, mentally, physically. Relationally, in homes, as a church, it's scarred us. As a ministry, as a, as a family, it's scarred us. Everybody under the sound of my voice, you have been, whether you recognize it or not, this year has taken a toll and it's not like the other trials. The other trials you might have went through. And there's times when we go through things And, you know, Jesus said when he was hanging on the cross, he said, Lord, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Listen to this very carefully. When you go through crucifixion, be careful who touches your spirit. Into your hands, you're the only safe place I can put my spirit when nothing's going right in my life. I can't put my spirit in anybody's hands except the Lord's. But I love the fact that after he was crucified, the scripture said that he showed himself alive. He didn't show up. He said, the number one thing I've got to do now that I've been through it, now that I've been scarred, is I've got to show myself alive. I want to show people that I made it. I want to show people that I'm still standing. I want to show why, because it's a pattern, because they're going to go through years like we've been through. They're gonna go through things that they never dreamed they would go through, and some things touch us, and some trials we go through, they really don't. It's kinda like uh, Daniel in the lion's den. You know, he was in the lion's den, but the lions never scratched him, they never called him, they never bit him. He went through it, but it really didn't bother him. It's, it's 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 like it's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were thrown into the fiery furnace. It was a trial, but they really didn't feel it. The Bible said their clothes were not burned. The Bible said that their hair was not singed, and there was not even the smoke uh, of the smell of smoke in their clothes in a burning furnace, and it didn't even bother them. They were going through it because God you know why the fourth man was there with them and they came out totally unhurt but this trial of Calvary was different this one touched Jesus this one marked him and I think that that's kind of like what we've been through this year I think that every person that I'm talking with has been through something not one thing but multiple hits and i heard the lord say it's time to show yourselves alive it's not time for a pity party it's not time for depression and discouragement and despair it's time to talk life it's time to say i am going to come alive again You say, well, I don't feel worthy to praise Him, to be honest, because during COVID, I've fallen away, Pastor. During COVID, I backslid. I've lost ground. I'm not worthy. I don't feel clean. I don't feel pure. It's time to recognize that there is an afterwards. There's an after this, after the test, after the struggle, after the trial. And you wouldn't be listening to me if you were totally gone. You're still God's child. Why are you? why are you listening why are you in church I don't care how bad you fail I don't care what you went back to it's time if there's anything in you that's gravitating toward the cross you need to show yourself alive with a mighty praise with I'm still alive I'm still here it didn't take me out I've been down but I'm not staying down I'm getting up everybody praise him at every campus Online giving praise. Come on, church. Somebody in the balcony, I refuse to preach another minute until we show ourselves alive. I didn't ask if you can shout in good times. Can you shout in the middle of a mess and still God give God the glory and the praise? Hallelujah. 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 You see... He's not talking about his scars. He showed himself alive. I've got to let everybody know I'm still here. It's time to show up and show ourselves alive. It's time to get back in church with your family and show yourself alive. It's time to come alive and say, I'm going to live again. I'm so tired of COVID. Aren't you? I'm so tired of this mess. I'm so fed up with, with, with this, that, and the other. Government overreach. I just wrote down some things. Attacks, attacks on the family. Attacks on the church. I wrote this one down. I'm tired of people who don't know God telling me how I can have church. You don't even know God. You don't even go to church in the good times. Don't tell me how to worship in the bad times. I can worship with a mask. I may be masked, but I'm not muted. Up under the mask, I'm gonna give God some praise, and I'm gonna go to his house, and I'm gonna say this is the day the Lord has made. I've got to rejoice. I'm telling you that there's an expiration date There is an ending to this thing, and there comes a moment when the church has to, by faith, show themselves alive. I don't know what your this is. I don't know what your after this is, but God is saying enough is enough. When we started out in February, I thought, well, you know, this isn't too bad. We'll take a little break from church. I kind of wanted one anyhow. And some of you take them very often. So you shouldn't feel real funny about it. But then two weeks became a month. Two months. Four months. Six months. Now eight months. You know, when you start out in something, you start out from a from a perception and from a position of strength. Okay, we're going into this. You know how you get in a fight and you kind of well, well, we got to get into this now. Let's go. This is we can't, this is it. And you feel good. It's kind of like what happened to Job. You know, they first messenger came, second messenger came with bad news, third messenger, and it felt like his world was falling apart, but he he still held it together. He said, The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, I'm gonna start this trial off right. I'm gonna kick it off with a praise. And that's a good, that's a good way to let me tell you how to start a trial. Start, if you sense you're going through one, kick it off with going back to worship I'm going back to it he said he said the Lord gives the Lord takes away blessed be the name of the Lord but then something happened it's like it's like you keep reading and you keep reading and it's like you know he he starts out and he's strong and he's powerful and then you find him over there in Job chapter 2 and he's sitting on top of pottery that's been broken an ash heap, and the Bible said it was pottery that was broken, and he takes a piece of that pottery that's been broken, and he starts scraping the sores on his body. It's the only thing that will give him relief. He's lost everything, and he's got a piece of pottery. That's pitiful. Torn, Torn his clothes off, rent his clothes, shaved his head, sitting on top of ashes with a broken piece of pottery, which is a sermon within itself. Because sometimes when you're going through a trial, the only thing that can bring you comfort is something that's already been broken. The only one who can really help you is someone who's been through something that broke them. And it's something about the fact they've been through the brokenness too that brings comfort to you. So God will use your broken places. But then you keep reading the story. And it's like he's moving and he moves from this worship to kick the thing off, the trial off. And you move into chapter 10 and he starts saying, I'm weary of life, bitterness of soul. He says, my, my, my laughter is gone. And he said, I look for God and I go forward and he's not there and I can't find him. In verse 10, something happens. He describes how he wishes that he was never born and all this he's losing hope it's just wearing him down and that's what the devil's doing he's just wearing us trying to wear us out but he's a liar and I'm here today to say we're gonna show ourselves alive we're still praising we're still praying we're still trusting we're still believing my faith has not got any less it's actually got more focused on what matters and that's Jesus By the time he gets to the end of it, he knows the way that I take in verse 9 and 10. And after this, when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. He's hit me. He's tried this. He's tried that. It didn't work. But there's always a reason to show yourself alive. And when he prayed for his friends, God turned his captivity and God blessed him with double. I want to tell you in closing where I believe that we are. Some years ago, we had a men's meeting here at the church just a few years ago, maybe five years ago. And we invited George Foreman, the world heavyweight champion of the world, formerly Back in the days, and uh, how many of you've ever heard of George Foreman? How many of you've got one of his grills? Let me see. (laughs) George Foreman is one of the nicest men I've ever met. I'll never forget when he came in. He went back into the green room back there, and and I met he and he's an interesting guy. He's got I think it's eight daughters and he named them Georgette, all of them, Georgette, Georgette one, Georgette two, and he's got a bunch of sons, and he named them all George the first, the second, the third, the fourth. Everybody's either named George or Georgette, (laughs) and he's so upbeat, and he got such a big smile, but it was called the rumble in the jungle. It was the most historic boxing event in human history, perhaps, On October 1974 in Zaire, Africa, which is today's Congo, Africa, George Foreman went against a young up and coming boxer by the name of Muhammad Ali. 60,000 filled the stadium in the massive heat of that African sun. One billion people watched by television as George Foreman, the high favored, huge muscle cut-ripped fighter who was the heavy favorite to win would go in the ring with Muhammad Ali. He was known as the Louisville Lip because he was a trash talker. And he went in to fight. He was called the Louisville Lip because before the fight started, he would get in press conference, press conferences, and he would say things like this. You think the world was shocked? When Nixon resigned, wait till I whip George Foreman's behind. Then he came up with a real famous line, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. George, you can't hit what you can't see. Man, he was talking this and talking this. So the big fight starts. And as predicted, it looks like George Foreman dominates the first round, the second round. He must have hurt, everybody's thinking this, Muhammad Ali, because he's going back on the ropes, and he's just leaning back, and he's using the gloves to cover his face, and his forearms are trying to cover the rest of his body. And... George Foreman, this massive man with arms that looked like big logs. He's just pounding away, pounding away, pounding away. And every once in a while, Muhammad Ali would grab him and pull him up and he would say, George, they told me you could hit George. They And it would enrage George Foreman and he would fall go even more in that humidity and that heat and he was swinging with everything it looked like he was staggering but Muhammad Ali would later let everybody in on his strategy he said I was planning it and I was faking it and I was leaning on the ropes and he said it's what I called rope-a-dope He said, I was leaning on the ropes and George was the dope. And he said, I knew that if I could get him to hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me, that as big as he is, I'm going to wear him out and wear him down. And then my moment will come. Well, those of you young people who are wondering what happened, you're too young to know anything anyhow. But all of us old people, we know exactly what happened. It was it was going bad. They actually were talking as they were calling the fight. Some of the uh, Howard Cosell, who you don't know who that is, he's a guy who had a wig and he was tall and 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 uh, and he he was he was he was a critic of Muhammad Ali sometimes. And and he would he started talking. He said he he looks like he's going to kill Muhammad Ali. He could actually. I'm very concerned. He could actually die. And Muhammad's just doing this and leaning on the ropes, leaning on the ropes and every round for five rounds and this is what happened according to george foreman he said i thought he was just another knockout victim for me until the seventh round i hit him in the jaw so hard I thought it would kill him and he said within a few minutes he kind of bounced off those ropes and grabbed me and he said these words in my ear in the seventh round he said is that all you got George and he said I can't explain it but he said I'm giving you his words he said I realized this ain't what I thought it was He said, in that moment, something just left me. And I realized I'm not dealing with some little weakling. He might be stronger than what I thought. And when I think about the eight months of restrictions, when I think about the pandemic and social distancing and and, uh, flattening the curve and staying away, and then on top of that, we had what started out as legitimate peaceful protest turn into riots and violence and burning and looting. And then on top of that, three hurricanes in the same year and tornadoes. And on top of that, a crazy election and people all angry at one another and hating on one another and After all of that, we thought by now we could at least eat some turkey and we got some governors who are saying you can't even worship in many states. They won't even let me. And at some point, you almost feel like saying, is that all you got, devil? Is that the best you can do? It's time for me to show myself alive. By the way, Muhammad Ali knocked him out in the eighth round. And I got a feeling our eighth round is coming I got a feeling that we need to show ourselves alive because some great things are coming for God's people give him a shout and show yourself alive this morning let hell know He can't win I want to give it to you right out of the word stand up on your feet and everybody shout just a minute just a minute you got your mask on shout you don't have a mask on shout Show yourself alive. Show yourself alive. Show yourself alive. The enemies hit you and hit you and hit you, tossed and turned. What am I gonna do? Lost your job. How am I going? Is that all you got, Satan? I tell you, we're more than overcomers through the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Second Corinthians four and verse seven. We are troubled on every side, but not distressed. Doesn't that sound like us? We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. Is that all you've got? We know, what shall we say? Romans 8 said to all of these things. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And I heard the Lord say, it's time. You say, but pastor, I lost my mother. I lost my father. This pain is very real. It scars us. People come through this year, and you've gone through other years and faced trials and tribulations, but you kept on going. It really didn't touch you, but you've been through things this year that have forever scarred the enemy things. And yes, it happened and it's real, and there's no changing the past. But what I heard the Lord say is don't live and don't go around showing your scars the rest of your life from the pain of this year. But at the end of it, start showing yourself alive because I'm going to bless my people. Job was blessed double. He said, Abraham, they're gonna go in, but they're coming out with great possessions. God's gonna bless his church. God's gonna bless his people. Does anybody believe that in this room and in all of our campuses? The devil thought he would knock us out, but all he did was knock us to our knees. We've been roping that dope. I'm not quitting. I said, I'm not giving up. And I just want the devil to know that yeah, we're social distancing. we, we, We only let so many people and there's people in the overflow and all that. But don't you dare think that any of these seats will be empty long. And if the ones are out there and don't ever feel like coming back God's going to fill them all over again. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it, and I believe that we're going to see the greatest revival we've ever seen in the world, and then the trumpet's going to sound, and we're going home after this. Turn to somebody and say, is that all the devil's got, 2020? Is that all? He's hit us with his best shot. And you're still standing. Look at yourself, your bad self, in church. The enemy thought you'd never come back to church, but you're in church. Well, we're having a lot of problems, but you're in church. That's what hell can't understand. You're showing yourself alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Free Chapel can now be your home church no matter where you live with Free Chapel Online. Watch weekly messages from wherever you are with your family and friends, join online small groups, volunteer, and more. Plus, there's weekly content for youth and kids. Join today by downloading the Free Chapel app or head over to freechapel.org online. And a special thanks to those who give generously to help us produce weekly content like this to reach the world with the message of Jesus. If you'd like to partner with us, you can give by clicking the link in the description or on our website and app. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.